On this week's episode of Read, Watch, or DNF, we close out our month of Netflix original adaptations with young readers' take on the uh, origin story of classic fairy tales in Soman Chainani's book one of his uh, The School for Good and Evil series. And we asked the question, when adaptations alter the relationship between major characters, does it matter which format it's adapted to? For example, movie versus series. We'll look into that. Also, um, one of my favorite quotes of all time is, you can't marry a man you just met. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Read, Watcher DNF, the podcast where we, Mel B and Jackie D, your hosts, drunkenly break down book-to-screen adaptations each week. We flip a coin to see who will read or watch first, then we come together to compare notes and see how closely the adaptation follows the book, which one of those we prefer, and if the order in which we read watch affects our reviews. And why do we do all this? Nobody knows, it really does not matter, but we read and we watch, so you don't have to DNF, which is that bookish phrase for, you know, did not finish, but we want you to avoid that catastrophe, so when we say DNF, we mean do not fuck with it. If this is your first time with us, welcome. If you're returning, we love you. And if you haven't done so already, please take a moment to give us a rating, five stars if you think we deserve it, and leave a review. It really helps us, especially on Apple. It makes our podcast more visible so other people can see it when it pop up searching for bookish podcasts. And it could just be as simple as like, sub bitch. Be like, and we'll be like, hey, boo. That's fine. Also, check us out on our uh, social medias for news and updates and giveaway info we still have facebook marina our social media manager still refuses to let us get rid of it it's there i I haven't logged into it i think jackie may may see in there no no okay jackie's off it too look at that see we're not that old right so the only the only thing that i ever get from facebook is uh updates from my parents Mm. Mm-hmm. And I I can talk to them on the phone. I don't need Facebook for that. My mom asked me yesterday because she's here. She goes, do you ever get my instant messages? And I have to clarify with her. It's like, you mean like on the phone? She goes, no, 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 no. Like Facebook. I was like, fuck no, mom. I don't mm-hmm. open Facebook. And even if I was on Facebook, I definitely wouldn't open messages from you. And she's like, why? That's rude. I was like, no, because I'm not open in your spam links. that got viruses. Mm-hmm. Because you always yep. got to find out what fucking loaf of bread you are. And I, <laughs> those are all like Chinese hacking links. So no, I'm yep. not opening anything from you. Anyway, tangent on that. Facebook, we have it. So yeah. <laughs> we also have uh, TikTok, of course. We have the Instagram. And then if you're on Twitter, which is where you should be following us, you are talking to us. Mostly me, but Jackie's on there too. Feel free to add her. She has her notifications on now. But you can find us at ReadWatchDNF. Or if TikTok's where you want to be, it's at read, watch, DNF underscore podcast because it's our second account. We all know what happened to the first one. The incident. The incident. Nipples. Not ours. News. Uh, Jackie's going on vacation. She's going to go to Disney World with her daughter for her daughter's 16th birthday party. So I will, so we don't fall behind on our schedule. I will be hosting a special episode of the DNF Happy Hour with two of our book tweet besties. We have A, who you have probably heard if you've been listening pretty regularly. She's been on a couple of our uh, This Show's episodes. And then we have Nisi, who is um, another book tweet bestie. And uh, she requested that we do a splatterpunk horror book. So tune in for that. Because we're going to discuss a splatterpunk horror cesspot of a book, The Slob. And Jackie's probably very happy that she did not have to participate. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's fucking putrid. Anyway, <laughs> we are uh, maybe not necessarily the F-bombs, but this episode is dedicated to the lovely Miss Annabelle, 
for her 16th birthday party. Happy birthday, Annabelle. Happy birthday, child. <laughs> From your birth giver. Yeah, so this is for her. She she requested. She was super excited about this. Um, she loves this series, and she was fanatical when the movie was coming out. I think she forced my daughter to watch it twice that day or something. Um, and my daughter's just like me. We're like, whatever. I don't care. I'll watch it. Fuck it. <laughs> I know nothing about it. Sure, put it on. <laughs> so this is these, this episode is for you. And maybe we'll try to limit the amount of F-bombs to make it. No, it's not going to be child-friendly. Fuck it. No. Jackie, what are we drinking? Well, I am drinking Redstone Meadery Apple Nectar. It's a honey wine with natural flavors. Uh, Annabelle and I went over to Disney Springs last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's Sunday. And we stopped by uh, Savannah Bee Company, and I got a bottle of mead. So I think it's appropriate. I think mead's always appropriate. No mm-hmm. argument. What about you? I am drinking the adult version of a cocktail, or should I say mocktail, that I found for this. It is specifically made for the movie For Good and Evil. It's a mocktail because it's it's a children's story. So it is your non-alcoholic sparkling wine, or maybe a sparkling cider if you want to use it, grenadine. And then the big thing for this is there's like this sugar blood, what do you call it, a rim around it we're gonna put we'll post this on discord but you put the non-alcoholic cider in it and then you plop some grenadine and it it looks bloody but pretty is the best way i can say it but it's got a lot of stuff you got to do to it to make the rim and everything so i i did not do that i just put it in my maleficent goblet and i used prosecco okay so that's what we got for that Jackie, do we have a drinking game? No, there were no drinking games, which is weird because we had one for passing, but not this. Nope. Yeah, so we came up with our own. Okay, let's see what we got. Take a drink whenever ever or never is said, Mm. because that's what the two schools are called. The kids are called evers or nevers, happily ever after or never after, whatever. So just keep drinking, get a straw. Yep. Uh, Whenever someone says reader... The two main characters, that is the role they fill. Whenever someone says Sophie, and take a shot whenever Rafal shows up in a reflection, which happens quite frequently in the movie. It does. Like, yeah. it was making me kind of nervous. Mm-hmm. I was like, is he always there? It's weird. And then I have some things we're going to get into later that I'm not okay with. This week I read first. I... <laughs> Trying to find this book, um, I was like, maybe I'll just go to Barnes and Noble and get like the physical copy because it's part of a series. The books are pretty, and I was like, I'll do that. But the laziness won out, and I just didn't feel like going, and I didn't feel like ordering it on Amazon because the books are actually really expensive. Yeah, for a paperback, it's like twenty five bucks per, and I was like, I don't know. So I was like, Kindle. It's not available on the normal kindle unlimited but amazon has an app for kids called amazon kids plus which also has like the child version of kindle unlimited so i downloaded the app went to my amazon account went to start the free trial of it it's like you don't have a child on your account and i was like fuck like what do i have to do for this and it literally just says put in like a kid's name and a birthday so like well i got one of those so put their <laughs> stuff in there and then it was like here you go here's your free yeah. trial of your book so i read this in the child's amazon app and it is designed for children the words were super big there's illustrations <laughs> like every other paragraph um so i think you're reading almost less than a paragraph per like swipe cuz i was reading it on my phone so it was just, I just had to kind of like tap, 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 tap as I'm going through it just to read the pages or turn the pages with how quickly I'm reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I found out that if you do not bookmark, it will not save your place when you close the app. What? Yeah. So when you open it back up and go to the book and you go to launch, it'll take you right to the beginning. So I, wow. it took me about four times to figure out that, that was <laughs> to remember that that was happening. So, but I did it and now I get to cancel the subscription. It, it all worked out. Um, and then, of course, this is Netflix, so I watched it in bed earlier today, actually, with Steven. I think he was kind of getting into it because he was on his phone doing some sports stuff, and then he looks up, he's like, what's going on? I'm like, shh, 
shh, I gotta pay attention. He's like, well, can we restart it? I'm like, no! We were like an hour into it. I'm like, you can watch this later with the kids. <laughs> the thing is, though, an hour into it, you weren't even halfway through it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I uh, watched first, obviously, because Mel read first, and also, obviously, Netflix. And I read Kindle, but we already owned it because of my daughter. But I had the illustrations, but it was just the first illustration at the beginning of each chapter. Must be nice. And I could change my font size and stuff. Could not. Could not change my font. I mean, there might be a way to do it, but I was like trying to do the normal Kindle ways. And it was like, bitch, slow down. Just read. I'm like, never mind. Whatever. (laughs) Can you loan books on Kindle? So I think you used to be able to because I have a lot of books that I own on Kindle outside of Kindle Unlimited. And I remember back in the day being able to like send it to people and it has like a Mm -hmm. three week um, window where you can do that. And I think you can only do it one at a time. And when you do loan it out, it's not like you can't open it and read it either. I tried to do this with um, A when we were doing passing because I was like, hey, I just bought the book if you want. I didn't want to have to make her pay for it for something that, you know, we chose to do. Uh, mm-hmm. So I went in and on the website and tried to look for it. And I couldn't find an option. So I don't know if it's, I think it's not a thing anymore. It's probably because of the, uh, especially with Kindle Unlimited, because of the piracy issues and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. But fucking Amazon. Let's talk about this book, this story, shall we? So here is what it will say. In the back, this is a synopsis of the story. The first kidnappings happened 200 years before. Some years it was two boys taken, some years two girls, sometimes one of each. But if at first the choices seemed random, soon the pattern became clear. One was always beautiful and good, the child every parent wanted as their own. The other was homely and odd, an outcast from birth. An opposing pair, plucked from youth and spirited away. This year... Best friends Sophie and Agatha are about to discover where all the lost children go, the fabled school for good and evil, where ordinary boys and girls are trained to be fairy tale heroes and villains. As the most beautiful girl in Gavaldon, Sophie has dreamed of being kidnapped into an enchanted world her whole life. With her pink dresses, glass slippers, and devotion to good deeds, she knows she'll earn top marks at the school for good and graduate a storybook princess. Meanwhile, Agatha, with her shapeless black frocks, wicked pet cat, and dislike of nearly everyone, seems a natural fit for the school of evil. But when the two girls are swept into the endless woods, they find their fortunes reversed. Sophie's dumped in the school for evil to take uglification, death curses, and henchmen training, while Agatha finds herself in the school for good, thrust amongst handsome princes and fair maidens for classes in princess etiquette and animal communication. But what if the mistake is actually the first clue to discovering who Sophie and Agatha really are? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, IMDb, five words or less, Jackie? (laughs) A little more than five words, but, you know, still. Best friends Sophie and Agatha find themselves on opposing sides of an epic battle when they're swept away into an enchanted school where aspiring heroes and villains are trained to protect the balance between good and evil. The end. Wow, that was a little bit more in-depth than we're used to for yeah. IMDb. I'm surprised it wasn't like, two bitches get dropped on a castle. <laughs> it was more than two lines. So, wow. good for you, IMDb. Yeah. Uh, it was directed by Paul Feig of uh, A Simple Favor, which is another adaptation that we did on the show. Um, he also directed Bridesmaids, um, Ghostbusters, the 2016 one. Um, That's with the uh, women, Spy, right? I think. Yeah. Oh, so a lot of, like, Melissa McCarthy stuff. Yeah. Love it. So, yeah. He's directed those. (laughs) Uh, Runtime was two hours and... Okay, I saw two hours, 27 minutes in some places, and two hours, 29 minutes in some places. So just say two and a half hours. Where are those extra two minutes? I I don't know. The... All all the end credit scenes for people who translated it in other countries for showing there. Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, rated PG-13 for violence and action and some frightening images. I want to say, though, compared to the book, the movie should have been PG. Uh, the book goes into a lot more detail. It's definitely more graphic, but you definitely, yeah. you have some stuff that I guess would, like the, the what's his name, the, um, the Cyclops? 
during that little battle. Right. His arm gets cut off. Like stuff like that, probably. Probably. Uh, couldn't find anything on estimated budget, but some people, from what I read, think it was in the nine digits. Hmm. They they Netflix definitely kept the budget under wraps, mm-hmm. but there were some fantasy movies that looked like they were big budget that were about twenty six, twenty seven million at this time, and then some that were two hundred million. Hmm. So we got to keep in mind that you have uh, Lawrence Fishburne, Charlize, uh, Charlize, Charlize Theron. What's her name from Scandal? Like when we get into casting, there's some big. Washington, yeah. yeah, there's some big actors in this that I would yeah. assume demanded yep. big paychecks. Yep. Um, but I just found some random tidbits. Uh, it was the most viewed film on Netflix on October 20th, 2022, the day after its release. Does it mean that it was the most viewed on that day or it is the most viewed because of that day? No, it was on that day. On that day. Got it. Yeah. Got it. I think because you know how Netflix now has the uh, top uh, trending category. Uh, It was number one for the first week or maybe week and a half. And then it... uh, Week two, it dropped down to two, and then week three oh. dropped down to three. And then after that, it just dropped off completely. It was no longer on that list. Funny thing, when I opened up Netflix, it must have knew mm. that this was coming because it had it on my profile, said, hey, this is ready for you. <laughs> I was like, okay, FBI agent, thank you. <laughs> and then also, I thought that this was appropriate based on what we're going to get into when we go through the similarities and differences. Hmm. Or I should say similarity and differences. (laughs) Feig stated that he is very, quote, very against any movies where you have to know things before you go there, end quote. Um, And what he was talking about was not doing a verbatim adaptation of the book. Mm -hmm. And apparently he had the support of the author and consulted with the author. But I don't know how much he was involved. But I think this goes to our age-old argument of adapted from versus inspired by. Yeah, inspired by, based on, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Reviews, our favorite part. We do love these reviews. Book is flat 4.0 out of 5. And that is over uh, 100,000 ratings it got. About 11,420 of those reviewed it. So there's a lot of people that wrote. I will say this. The one-star reviews, these people went in crazy mm-hmm. about how they wanted to rant. Mm-hmm. It was so hard to find short one-star reviews because every single one that wrote it was like, I'm going to give you my dissertation on why this is shit. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck me. Five out of uh, five, 39%. That's the highest concentration. And a lot of people love this. And by people, I mean children. Four is 33%. Three is 18%. And then two to one star is 7% uh, combined. So overall, generally enjoyed for the most part. Five out of five. Who needs princes in our fairy tale? I'm going to kick my past self for never picking up this book when I've wanted to read it for so long. Look at all the fun I missed out on. This was so good. All exclamation or all caps. Three out of five. And I picked this one because I think I think this is where I'm at in terms of what they're talking about. So three out of five. Impressive world building bogged down by so period much period plot period. They tried to escape upteen times. The good and evil sides faced off another upteen times. But someone would always back down. The ending went on and on with magical and physical battles as well as riddle and prophecy solving. It needed an editor to rein it in very badly. Many of the minor characters were interchangeable, as were the teachers. I had trouble remembering which of the teachers taught at which school since they all mingled so freely and since the girls were perpetually running back and forth, interacting with people from both sides. But the idea is so very creative, and I really loved Agatha and even Sophie, though at times she was too over the top. The descriptions of clothing, of the castles and dungeons and classrooms made of candy were so great. I really liked the way it played with the concept of good and evil, of how our intentions can lead us astray. Seriously, though, this book could have been a tight 300 pages and not lost a thing. (laughs) When we opened this book for the first time to get started, 
I like screamed at Jackie via chat. I was like, 532 pay? What? Why? <laughs> Annabelle, you lied to us. Annabelle's like, no, it's like 300 pay. It's, like, it's totally short. It's like, it's basically a short story. No, it's not. <laughs> it's fucking like a, it's like Lord of the Rings we're trying to read here. One out of five. It kills me to write a one star review, but I can't change this book or my opinion. First off, the start of the book was perfection. I loved it, and then it died. As the plot continued and was extremely frustrating and boring, all caps, the plot dragged on, and by the middle of the book, I was like, how could he do this? It's a simple switch. There really was a lot to this book, and if he had continued it like the first few chapters, I would have been hooked. But sadly, no. Sad face. Also, really weird to me how this guy author writes about two girls who oddly mention boobs a lot. Really creeped me out. And one last one star. I figured these two were literally the shortest out of all of the one star reviews. One. This is my rant review. Okay, so I hated this. Literally all of it. Although the story had a promising premise, it ended up spiraling into a convoluted mess. None of the characters were consistent, turning on a dime and abandoning their convictions whenever it suited them. And all of the relationships in this book were incredibly toxic. Doesn't this just kind of sound like middle school? (laughs) Yeah. As a middle grade, I don't think this book sent out the right message to children. It endorses toxic, uh, quote unquote, I can fix them relationships. It's fat phobic. And it somehow managed to be gay and homophobic at the same time. So she's like, the book's gay, but also homophobic. The whole pretty good, ugly, bad thing was so super disturbing. Lastly, there was also super weird sexual undertones for a book marketed towards children. It's fair. Overall, every message in this book managed to make me extremely uncomfortable. Would not recommend exclamation. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Movie got a 5.8 out of 10. Yikes. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Almost 29,000... Uh, ratings 325 of those were reviews uh, but for the ratings I just highlighted uh, the the top and then mm. the highest amount and then the lowest rating so six was actually the most uh, the highest percentage 20.9 percent okay. 10 out of 10 was 10.2 percent and one out of 10 was 4.7 percent okay okay first one 10 out of 10 loved it I read the books just because I was bored and my sister had them. Okay. (laughs) Once I started, I really loved the books and could not wait for this. And it does not disappoint. I would argue with that. I thought the characters were great and the acting was very well done. Sophia Ann Caruso stole every scene she was in and her ability to switch between nice, super evil was so well done. I don't understand what that sentence is supposed to be, but... Mm. it's that's how it is and Sophia Wiley was a very very close second but just lost out on the best the world looked breathtaking and the costumes looked perfect my only disappointment was that in the it was a movie and not a series but it is set for more and I can't wait for more thank you and hope you watch it (laughs) they still haven't they still haven't announced if they're doing any sequels oh really I do like the thank you at the end. It's like, I want to thank the Academy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Six out of 10. Mediocre adaptation of the book. I enjoyed watching this movie and it was good overall. The scenery was beautiful despite some lacking CGI, like in the case of the wolf heads. I read this series of books about six to seven years ago, so I don't exactly remember the plot essence of those. So I can't comment on the accuracy of this adaptation. The acting, especially on the part of Sophie Sophie Ann Caruso, sorry, mm-hmm. was pretty poorly done. To be fair, the writing did not do her character any justice either, but the acting made the character overall bad. I thought Sophia Wiley did an excellent job, as well as Charlize Theron, Carrie Washington, and Michelle Yeoh. The character of Tedros was also poorly written and acted, and honestly, the relationship between Tedros and Sophie was not written or developed well in the movie. Overall, this movie was just average, not terrible or anything, but I will not be rewatching ever. If the story is interesting to you, I would recommend reading the book series as the author has quite a few other books in the series written. And final review, one out of 10, in a state of shock and confusion. 
I never write reviews, but I have been forced to do so. Somebody held a gun to their head. <laughs> I'm, I'm writing this under duress. Yeah. <laughs> Please send help. I have read the series three times and listened to it on audiobook once. I sat with my mouth open in shock watching the movie. I understand certain things need to be amended for the screen, but this screenplay destroyed every aspect of the first book. I cannot believe Soman C. actually approved of such a violation of his work. That's upsetting all by itself. Casting costumes mean nothing. Beloved characters were all made into morons. It was so bizarre. Ugh. I couldn't even finish the movie. Did anyone involved in the movie read the book? Huh. Okay. Well, let's talk about uh, these, uh, they, I guess they didn't like the casting either. So let's mm-hmm. talk about the casting. Mm-hmm. So we have Rafal, who's the, he's the bad guy. He's played by Kit Young from Shadow and Bone. Um, technically, he's from Six of Crows. He's a Six of Crows character. Just let's just be honest with ourselves. Netflix, you threw in a whole other series into your Shadow and Bone because Shadow and Bone couldn't stand up on its own. Let's just no. let's just say what it is. Six of Bones. Uh, Six of Bones. Six of Crows. Shadow <laughs> Bones. He plays Jasper. So the part of Kaz's group with the gunslinger. Fucking yep. love him. Love him. I thought he was amazingness. And actually, after since I've read first, and we're talking about Rafal and the um, headmaster or whatever, I didn't really have any sort of description in my head. Like, he always no. just seemed like an enigma, right? Yeah. Uh, so, in the beginning, right off the bat, when we see him, I'm like, oh, this fits perfectly. Let's go. I'm on board. Well, the big thing was, in the book, the one thing that I remember them saying quite frequently was white hair. That's it. Mm. But he was wearing a mask, too, as a schoolmaster. Yeah. I, I like I like Kit Young. Awesome. Yeah. Sophie. <laughs> Sophie, the character, is played by Sophia and Caruso. Uh, I looked her up, too, and she was in, like, an episode of Evil. She's been in a bunch of different TV shows, like, one episode, right? So she's just, like, a cameo or a little kid in the background type thing. Smash, though, I did. I have seen that. She was in there. But yeah. I don't remember and her. <laughs> she was also on Broadway in Beetlejuice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it seemed like she was doing a lot of um, singing, dancing type mm-hmm. stuff, which I was actually surprised that... There's a couple times in the movie I thought they were going to like break out into song or something. I was like, is this a, is this a musical? And then they wouldn't. And I'm like, oh, I don't know how I feel about that. I think I would have been fine <laughs> with the, it was weird. It was a weird emotion because I'm thinking, please don't break out into song. But then when they didn't, I'm like, what, why? <laughs> so the historian who is the narrator is Kate Blanchett. And if you don't know who Kate Blanchett is, I, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. You need to figure <laughs> out your life. Okay. So that's, you don't see her, it's just her voice. Agatha, Sophie's friend, is played by, again, <laughs> Sophia Wiley, but with an F and not a PH. That's so funny. Yeah. A lot of Disney stuff. She's 5'11", and she's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she was awesome. I think everyone in this movie actually was really good. I don't think any of the acting was bad at all. Lady Lesso is Charlize Theron. Again, if you don't know who that is, I don't know what to do for you. So just just look her up. <laughs> I mean, seriously, she covers every genre of film out there. Like she'll be in The Old Guard. She'll be in Fast and Furious. She'll be in some like romantic drama thriller thing. Like she's just all over the place. <laughs> She, she was the evil queen in the uh, Huntsman. Uh, Kristen Stewart um, yeah, the Huntsman. Snow White adaptation. The Huntsman. I, I didn't hear that. <laughs> it was like, the Huntsman. It's the Huntsman. Yeah, she is. Uh, Professor Dovey is played by Carrie Washington. Mo- I think most famously known for Scandal. She was awesome in it. Uh, Tedro, Tedro, Tedros, Tedros, or Teddy. He is Jamie Flatters. Avatar, The Way of Water... Which one is that? Was that the older brother or the younger brother? Uh, I want to say it's the older one. The one that doesn't... Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's interesting. He's set to be in the next two also. Mm-hmm. Like in a dream? I don't know. Fuck it. He dies. I don't care. It's It's been out for a while. And if you haven't seen it, then that's your fault. He reminds me of Josh uh, 
Centineo, Centineo, Centineo. We don't know how mm-hmm. to pronounce this. We still haven't learned it because obviously it's not that important to us. Where I was having some mixed emotions because like, oh, he's adorable. He's cute. And I'm like, ew. I'm pretty sure he's supposed to be in high school or even younger because I don't know what age they are when they go. But it was it was creeping me out a little bit. So I did ask Annabelle. Mm-hmm. 15 is the age that the girls are supposed to be when they're kidnapped. So they're all about the same age because they're in the same year yeah. then. So he's supposed to be 15, which, mm-hmm. but you know, he's the, the actor, I believe, <laughs> is not a minor, but still he's very young for me to be like, yay. Schoolmaster, moving on, Lawrence Fishburne. Again, if you don't know who this is, I, the, Morpheus, the Matrix, like, come mm-hmm. on, people. You know who he yeah. is. And then um, Professor, I don't know how to say her name. <laughs> I say Anemone. Anemone is uh, Michelle Yeoh. Or Anemone. I don't know. Uh, Whatever. She's the beautification professor, which I think is fucking hilarious. But it's Michelle Yeoh, who's awesome. Like, she's been in literally everything. She just won an award for Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is just supposed to be an amazing movie. Um, Legend of the uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, She was in um, the... Witcher prequel that was just on Netflix. Mm-hmm. She was in that. And then, yeah, Wicked, which is coming out. She's going to be in. Yes. 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 Amazing. Okay. Let's get the, the meat of this. <laughs> where we break it down on how closely did this movie follow the book. Not very closely. But then no. also kind of closely. It's weird. It sort of reminded me, but not as extreme and I always go back to the girl with the dragon tattoo where I'm like, mm-hmm. this is the same, but not the same at all. <laughs> like, yeah. Nothing is right, but it feels like it's the same. We say, okay, the character names are the same for the most part. Like uh, Lesso, or what's her name? Yeah, Lesso. She's from a different book, though, but they call her Lady Lesso here. And I guess that's not her name in the book. Lesso was in this book. Yeah, Lesso's in it, but she wasn't called Lady Lesso. Um, there's just like little tweaks like that. But for the most part, names 99.9% the same. And then also the fact that there is a school for good and a school for evil. Mm-hmm. That's it. There you go. I think the main, yeah. <laughs> the fact that these two schools exist is the foundation for this story. So, yay. Okay. Starting from the beginning of the movie, I read first. So when I got into the movie, when I started, I'm like, what is this supposed to be? Who are these people? (laughs) I don't know. I haven't read the whole series. Uh, So Rafal and his brother are in the beginning of the movie doing their little dueling thing. And then it's like a literally a cliffhanger and you you jump into present day. But you get Mm -hmm. this. I had to restart it, too, because I wasn't paying attention at first. And I saw there was stuff like up on the screen. I was like, oh, shit. Pay attention. Restarted it. Watched it. So you don't know about this character until a lot later in the book. I want to say it's like you're past the halfway mark before he's even like the name is even mentioned. I think like almost at the end. Yeah, it's like really, really late because it's kind of like all this shit's happening. And then finally it's like, oh, this is why. And you're like, ah, plot twist, you know, like that kind of deal. Where in the movie, they're just like, this is how this shit started. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, big thing that this movie does, and I can understand this because if they're not planning on making it a series or having sequels to this, there's some stuff that comes in the later books, which I have not read. I had to do some research on this to find out who and why they were doing this, if it was just completely off. But it isn't. It's stuff that they've introduced from book two. And they say that some of the stuff, but it's really, really minor, actually comes from some of the later books. Like minor, minor things. Um, But Lady Lesso and Rafal, meaning like his plans, are actually from book two. Like all their involvement. Yeah. I had to look it up because I was like, (laughs) I thought I had a stroke while I was reading this. Because while I was watching the movie, I'm like, there's no way. There's there's no way I missed something that big, like the whole what he's planning to do um, with Sophie, like the whole why he swapped him and all that stuff. So I was like, look that. So we have that, which I, I personally, I say this again, I understand them doing that because if you don't know if you're going to 
bring sequels. I think that's a really big part to bring in context to this bigger story. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Didn't bother. I liked it. Other big thing, The Village. We watched the movie and it makes it seem like it's sort of a, a myth that Sophie clings onto and like kind of throws like a Hail Mary and writes a letter to something she doesn't even know if it exists or not. Well, actually, that's why I listed that character in the first place, because she is the one that introduces them to the idea of the school for good and evil. She tells them about it. And that's when Sophie writes the letter in the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because they look at the um, print yeah, they, on the, the on little the emblem, the swans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. that after that, she goes back and is like, that's where I got to go. And Agatha's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Mm-hmm. You're, you're stupid. You're delusional. And then it's like, no, joke's on you. So she writes the letter. But in the book, like, this is something they know about. It's like every four years this happens. So the parents are preparing to protect all the kids. They're trying to, like, off balance their their good and evil. So they're not the baddest, but they're also not the best or the most beautiful. Mm -hmm. But Sophie's like, I'm not having it. I'm like, I'm going to be full grooming, full goodness. He's coming for me. She, like, unlocks her window, takes all the bars down. She's like prepared like take me now this is probably one of the biggest things that's different in the movie from the book is part of sophie's plan in the book to become the best so she can go to the school for good is that she makes friends with agatha but fake friends until i guess they've been hanging out for a while that it is now they are semi-real friends but the first quarter of the book the interactions between them are not friendly in the sense of like that they really care about each other so i <laughs> i was confused why agatha was trying so hard to stop sophie from going in the book i think agatha in the book is a lot more naive like she's the naive to the agatha movie cynical yeah 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 um and she actually does think it's a genuine friendship but she's also questioning it and doubting it the whole time in the book like why are you friends with me i'll take it but why are you friends with me yeah like she i think this is her only friend she wants to be friends but she is very yeah she's skeptical about it for sure yeah but in the movie they they the narrator is literally like they've been best friends since birth practically like they're toddlers sitting on her mother's grave being friends and i'm just like At first, I go, why would they do that? But then as it plays out, and this goes back to the question, does that make a difference? And does it the fact that it's a movie and not a series have any weight on that? And I I personally, at this point in the story, I think it does. Because the way book Sophie and Agatha are, especially Sophie, it takes a while for you to give a shit about her. I hated her. Yeah, I'm not even convinced I did give a shit about her even towards the end. Where in the movie, the both of them, even Agatha, I was like, I don't really care. Like, it kind of sucks she got wrapped into this, but like, not my problem. Um, but in the movie, it's like they're friends. They're, it's them against the village. They both hate the village for different reasons. Um, so you, you get this. Like, I can back that. Like, I can back a true friendship. They just... They're both kind of different in their own ways. They want to get out, but they have each other's back. That in the movie, I was like on board right away. I think if they did a series for this where 10 or more episodes, you probably could have played it out better with the original storyline of how they worked out, maybe. Yeah, the movie is a much more limited, I guess, stage for that kind of relationship. And I think it was also an effort to make Sophie just a little bit more bearable Mm -hmm, in the movie mm -hmm. than she was in the book. Uh, Because if they would have played her in the movie like she was in the book, that would have been an incredibly difficult movie to watch. Yeah, she was unbearable. And you would not have had enough time in a movie to warm up to her. Which even in the book, again, but we're adults, so maybe we're reading it a little bit different. We're not as forgiving. I don't know. She's fucking annoying and really shallow and petulant. And she still has those characteristics in the movie. It's just that with this friendship, with what they do for each other, like simple actions, like the whole 
Agatha got cornered in the alley and Sophie hits him over the head with a, a cast mm-hmm. iron, right? Like that small 20 second scene right there, you're already like, yay, Sophie, good job. Yeah. We're friends, you know, we, we can get behind Sophie. So yeah. big difference. If you've seen the movie and haven't read the book, just understand that when you, if you do go into reading the book, they, they are not, it's not that type of friendship. So it's like I put in the uh, the notes. Oh, yeah. In the book, Agatha is essentially Sophie's duff, her designated ugly fat friend. Yeah. She keeps yeah. Agatha around to make herself feel better. Well, maybe I, not appearance wise, but like, look at the good thing I'm doing. Yeah, that's look, that's what it is. And yeah. she's doing it specifically for that because she wants to get to the school of good. And so she's like, how many more good deeds can I do? So Agatha is basically her deed. So. That's even more condescending, really. Well, and her her good deeds are also absolutely ridiculous, like giving corsets to the old hags outside yes. the, the church. Yeah. And then whatever she was donating to, like, the homeless was yeah. really ridiculous. It was like skincare products. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. Uh, another thing with Sophie's life, uh, in the movie you have the uh, evil stepmother that doesn't have, she doesn't have that in the book. She has her widowed, uh, widower father who is sort of attracted and maybe having a semi-romantic relationship with another widow who has two boys. Um, mm-hmm. But Sophie's so selfish and she's like, I'm not going to give my permission for him to marry this hag, you know? Like the woman actually yeah. didn't do anything good or, or anything yeah. bad to her, but they made her the yeah. evil stepmother in the movie, which is like, I was fine. It, that character made no difference whatsoever, so you could do whatever you want with them. Nope. The we talked about the little bit like the book two coming in. The big one of that is uh, Rafal's intent. There's like it's two parts. So we have the whole he wants good to he wants evil to win. So he's trying to like stack the decks and and cheat essentially. But then the whole Sophie being his um, true love hmm. is something that comes out in in later on in the series, which I will talk about that later. Don't worry. Also, we talked about this at the beginning. The book is way more graphic than yeah. the movie. There is a scene where Sophie gets taken to the doom um, doom room or whatever, and it's Lady Lesso, so Charlize Theron, that comes in and quote-unquote tortures her. She doesn't do any physical harm to her. She just cuts her hair. In the book, it's one of the wolves who are like their guards, hall monitors. I don't know. He gets a lot of pleasure out of doing that. And then Sophie fucking sees Red, goes like rampant and drowns this dude. And then just walks off. Nobody knows. She's just like, "Hmm, well, serves you right. (laughs) Like, hello? (laughs) There was murder. Yeah. It was murder. Murder in the book. And like cold-blooded murder too. Like, not even I feel bad about this. It's like, well, nobody's going to find him here. Bye. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not magic, like, hands-off kind of thing. It's hands-on, like, push guy in the little yeah. sewer sludge and be like, okay. <laughs> ha, bye. <laughs> I think it's time for lunch. Yeah, I got to go. I hear, I hear like, bells yeah. ringing. Uh, yeah. Another thing is the trial by tail. We have that in the movie, but... It's introduced for the whole, like, are they really true loves? This is where Sophie's trying to win over Teddy. I just like saying Teddy mm-hmm. when they're calling him. Yeah. Um, which, of course, they all knew she wasn't going to pass because she's not good. But that was her whole plan was, I'm going to win Teddy. He's going to know that I'm pure of heart and I'm good. And then I'm going to go to the school of good because the headmaster's like, yeah, if you do it, fine, totally. We'll do it. That's not what happens in the book. The the trial by tale is for the uh, basically the best students from each school, mm-hmm. and then they they go through it. So, bah. also the circus wasn't in the movie at all. But I don't know. That didn't break my heart. I heard I read a lot of reviews where people were like, "Why?" Uh, I didn't care. So in the movie, they essentially did what uh, Sophie did at the Nevers Ball. Mm-hmm. That's what she did at. The circus in the book, minus all the killing in the movie. Yeah, like, yeah, movie that's what I'm saying. Didn't, like, didn't have any killing. We still got what she wanted to do. We just didn't need a whole other act for it. 
Well, I think uh, the one thing that you saw in the circus that you didn't necessarily see too much in the movie was uh, Agatha showing her talent, so to speak, or whatever, which was uh, showing the truth, I guess. <laughs> but, Yay. That, yeah. See what I mean? Like, I just, I didn't care. And actually, I was kind of like looking, not looking for it, but when I saw like some of the other stuff happening, then I was like, oh, this are, I'm like, oh, they're not doing, oh, okay, cool, cool. Carry on. The only other thing that you got from the circus in the book that you didn't see in the movie would be when uh, the truth that she showed was that uh, the wolves were all students who had been uh, in school for good and failed. And the fairies were all students who had been in the school for evil and failed. Um, And that was the headmaster's way of, I guess, teaching a lesson. Mm hmm. Um, so that spoke more to the the headmaster's, I guess, motives or ulterior motives, whatever. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I just stopped caring. Because hmm. all the stuff with the wolves and the fairies was interesting. But then when I saw it in the movie, I'm like, this is adequate. This is enough. I like it when they just kind of like pan over to for the wolves against the wall, just laughing at them doing stupid shit like mm-hmm. when they're fighting not trying to stop them at all i'm like that ah, that's that would be me thank you yeah and then the nibbly fairies i didn't need three pages of nibbly fairies the the simple oh, yeah. the simple hissing was enough for me i was like yeah cool <laughs> biting <laughs> i did like did you just kill a fairy <laughs> then we have um there's the interactions between the schools there's i i don't i don't know if i agree with this because I feel like in the movie and in the book, they were all like on the other side doing shit all the time. Not really in the movie. It was mostly just Agatha going over to the school for evil um, to talk to Sophie, I think. Do you mean like the classes? Like the only, yeah, I'm talking about the, uh, well, they, obviously they had lunch together in both the movie and the books, but you always saw them on separate sides and there was even a time when Sophie and Agatha were talking to each other in the lunchroom in the movie and a wolf came up and said, good, doesn't talk to evil or whatever and yeah. like, dragged Sophie back over to her side. Whereas you have them actually like interacting, especially when Sophie starts doing her s- stupid little seminars yeah. and everybody is there <laughs> yeah. in the yeah. book. Yeah. Um, but then also the the class where um, the the gnome takes them out to the wood mm-hmm. in the movie that is just the school for good students. Whereas in the book it's both of them together. They set split them up into separate teams and they're mixed teams, and different class yeah. leaders take them oh, out yeah. and they're yeah. they're actually together. Yeah, Jackie's not wrong. It's just a matter of did you lose anything from not having that. I think you could already tell Jackie and I have literally went to opposite sides of this yard mm-hmm. that we're trudging through. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> and then there's the, the ending. Okay, Jackie, I'm going to let you. You feel like this is important to you. So you go ahead. Well, in the book, it just stops. Mm-hmm. Agatha and Sophie kind of like do the whole Infinity War thing. <laughs> go to dust. disappear Mm -hmm. but in the movie they go uh beyond that um agatha and tedros have their first kiss which annabelle can go on and on and on and on and on and on and on about how mad that made her (laughs) um and show agatha and sophie back home which apparently in the second book uh starts out with them back at home um Mm -hmm. so they they started incorporating but it was I guess an easy way to make a cliffhanger because the little arrow, arrow comes out and hits and then the, the dagger, tree and then you hear you hear Tedros. But that dagger, I get, this is probably what I don't understand because I have not read the entire series. So mm-hmm. the arrow comes, you hear Teddy, and then the dagger, and the narrator's mm-hmm. like, whatever she says, making it seem like all doom and gloom. So I'm like, what? Whose dagger is that? Why do we? If you read the following books, apparently, because Annabelle knows exactly who it's supposed to be. Oh, so there you go. Yeah. And then I, yeah. I can understand, because when I was doing my research, trying to find out the extra shit that was in this movie, trying to get mm-hmm. some context for it, I guess what I read, well, from what I read, this is what I'm guessing, is that Agatha and Teddy are not very amiable for like the majority of 
the series. Yeah. It's not till like towards the end where I guess things work out. Yeah. Where they 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 age and they become mm-hmm. adults and they're like, oh yeah, you know what? <laughs> We're so silly. Like we should totally just hook up. Not saying that that's what happens in the book. Oh, Annabelle told me that as the series goes along, obviously, yes, it does age. Uh, I think when the final books uh, happen in the series, they're 18 or something like that. So legal mm. adults in our perspective. <laughs> um, I'm not sure how it works in this world. Um, I don't want to know, but whatever. Yeah, let's not go into detail with that because I already have some cringeworthy things I want to talk about. Um, but... Their relationship is very contentious, Annabelle told me. Um, That's not the word she used, but they fight a lot. And Agatha is not afraid to tell him how it's supposed to be. And it's not something that he is used to. So, yeah, they're both they're Yeah. Which you get like a little bit of that from him. And then it's more like, I am so fascinated by you roasting me. Like, Mm -hmm. got it. Like you, you want somebody to step on your balls. Got it. Like, Mm -hmm. relax. I mean, his dad is King Arthur, so. Yeah. He he was cuckolded. He was cuckold. He's a cuck. Um, <laughs> I will say this, though. Something I did enjoy about this story, irrespective of the book or the movie, is the whole take on the fairy tale origin stories and then that little twist of the difference between the reader and the, like, the basically the offspring of said villains or heroes i was like oh that's kind of cool i like that that's interesting um and that's it anyway so (laughs) (laughs) the whole rafal and sophie storyline especially in the movie or at the end it's like you're my true love i'm like this dude is like what two thousand years old something like that (laughs) and she's 15 (laughs) what the fuck I shouldn't be laughing. I'm sorry. Okay, people want to make fun of Akatar because they're like, oh, she's 19, he's like 500. I'm still okay with it. And she mm-hmm. wasn't in school. She's like yeah. saving a realm, right? So like, I feel like that's adult things that are happening between two adults, one more mature than the other. I don't know. But he's old. Yeah. And he even makes a comment about why he does this bad shit. He's like, you know, time. It just you get bored. You want to do bad things. Essentially, is what he says. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you. I picked you. I knew you were different. I've been spying on you, like fucking creeper. And you proved it. Do you like being bad? She's like, yeah, I like being bad. It's like you're my true love. And I'm like, fuck this. Gross. I didn't like it. That was that was definitely cringe for me. That was a lot of cringe. I actually had to look up and like, is this happening? What is this? Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, this is happening. Oh, this is real. Oh. Okay. And now I'm going to get into the last part where I read the reviews about the criticisms of it being a male author writing about two like teenage girls. And like, I I didn't think I... Yeah, well, it doesn't matter. I just didn't think I had, like, an issue with it at first because it's, like, a children's book. So if you have, like, an adult writing about children, I, I don't think it matters either way. But it, then it did start to get a little, like, this is odd. This is a little odd. Especially the one they do say, they do talk about boobs a lot, which I guess is, but here's where I'm, I'm torn. So for two 15-year-old girls, this isn't, like, out of the realm of what is normal for them. So that's not the issue. It's just something about thinking about a dude writing it where I get a little weird. But I'm not going to say it's problematic. But when we introduce the 2,000-year-old, you know, demon spawn or whatever the fuck he is, picking this 15-year-old to be like his his other half, like it's much deeper than I'm going to use you as a pawn. It's like, you are going to rule together, have little demon babies. I'm like, no. That to me is where I'm like, I don't like it. It might have been more palatable if they had kind of, I don't know, if he had kind of shied away from that aspect of it and maybe not brought it out until the final book when she's 18. Yeah, it was introduced way too soon. And the fact that the movie just went all in. We will, I will caveat this, both um, the actors are adults. Mm -hmm. None None of the actors are minors, so. We'll just, we'll go with that. 
but the what they're trying to sell you, I'm not cool with. <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah, but I will just. That's my beef. Are you ready to talk about your review? Yeah. Okay. Are you? Okay. Yes. I'll go first. I usually make Jackie go first, but I'll go first. I read first and then watched. So this is a very weird dynamic for me because typically when I read first, I focus so much on, well, that's not the way it was in the book and that's different. Why did they change that? Where this time I'm like, oh, that's so much better. Yeah, we didn't need all that. I didn't need three chapters of fairies growling. Just one little scene just did enough for me. And then the wolves, I was like, that's enough. Yeah, that's enough. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And then the fact that they changed the relationship between Agatha and Sophie, I enjoyed. Because I tell you this, I, I really was not a fan of either of them through the book. So I'm not saying I didn't like the book. I just struggled connecting any deeper than the surface with it. I just read it like a cute little story. So I'm going to say the book, I'm going to give it three stars. And I, I I, think I agree with the three-star review that I read. So agree with it. Movie, I'm going to go seven up, 7.5 out of 10. I actually really enjoyed it. I was kind of dreading watching it, especially after my experience with the To All the Boys I Loved Before. I thought it was going to fall somewhere in that realm. But maybe I wasn't tainted so much by this book that I was able to enjoy the movie and I thought it was adorable. I knocked off points for one. It's just the genre is a little young for me. So I felt like a mom watching it. And then the whole scenes between Rafal and Sophie, who's supposed to be 15. I'm like, come on, Netflix. Everything else you did was really good. And you had no problems changing that. Why did we, why is this what, this is the hill that you needed to die on? And I don't support it. So 7.5. Okay. And this is one of those cases where Mel and I are totally opposite of each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I originally watched the movie a while ago, shortly after it came out, just because Annabelle really wanted me to watch it with her. Um, it's one of those like nostalgia things. My daughters love this series for years now, and she just couldn't wait for the movie to come out. So uh, before I read the book, I probably would have given the movie about a six or a seven. But after reading the book, uh, I would go down to a three or a four. I just think that there's Damn. a lot of stuff that was, yeah. I think there's a lot of stuff that was in the book that was not in the movie that is very important to the story. But after what I've read in research and stuff like that, it's understandable to me now just because they went in a different direction. And I know that. That mm. was intentional. And they did have good intentions with the movie. Um, but like I said, a lot of the pivotal stuff from the book was missing. I just think that the Circus of Talents would have been interesting to see. I think that would have been kind of funny yeah, to see, see it. Hort, turn, Hort turn into a, a werewolf or a man-wolf, whatever. So I think... I think why I didn't miss it so much is because all the big things that they took out, they still paid homage, like homage to yeah. in the movie a little bit. So you had like, oh, okay, that was obviously a much bigger scene, but they, they touched on it a little bit. What I did miss from the book is the dog, mm -hmm. the the two-headed dog, because I yeah. wanted to see how Allison they cast her. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to see, first of all, the dynamic between the two of them when they're on the same body, but then I wanted to see yeah. them when they swapped bodies. Like the little goat body. <laughs> Pollux on a rabbit. <laughs> to me, she that would have been hilarious. I was waiting for that. But then when it wasn't there, I will say I didn't I didn't miss it terribly. I was like, all right, whatever. That's kind of like an inside joke that we have with the book type feeling. Um, yeah. But I will say Hort is probably my favorite character. Yeah. I really liked him. I like and Dot. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hort for me, I was I I was kind of hoping that something would like happen for him, just because he was from right like from the minute he's dropped into the river beside her, he's like, "Can I touch your hair? Can I smell it? Oh my god!" <laughs> and he's just like all for her, and that yeah. sort of that sort of just pure-hearted, obsessive insta love. I will. Yeah. I'm following it down like a rabid mm -hmm. dog but it they 
I don't know. I haven't read the rest of the series. Maybe Animal can fill me in if he gets anything. Um, but I would just, I really wanted that to work out. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll ask her and I'll give you the Cliff's Notes version. Speaking of Annabelle, I have a question though. So yeah, I went into this without somebody in my ear, mm-hmm. meaning Annabelle wasn't here. So yeah. I read the book by myself. None of my kids have read it. My daughter's watched the movie because Annabelle forced her to. I think she yeah. like held her down. And was waterboarding her <laughs> while she was watching me. So, like, <laughs> or at the very least, sitting on her. Just yeah, like, she was like, "You're gonna watch it." I think they, I think the plan was when it it launched, they were gonna wake up at like midnight or something. Yeah, that didn't happen because those fuckers are not waking up. No, but anyway, but you have Annabelle there. She made you watch it a while ago. I'm sure she's talked a lot about it to you. That's the reason we did it because we're like Annabelle wants us to do it. So we're like, fine, why? We love Annabelle, sure. Yeah. Do you think you had, like, more pressure on you to like the book better? Not that you chose, but just... No, because her way of talking about the book would be like, what part are you at? Okay. And I would tell her, and she'd be like, oh, oh. okay. Okay. Let me know when you get to the part with the thorns. <laughs> or she would just come in and be like, how far are you? And I would tell her, and she'd be like duckling that's all i'm gonna say and then she'd walk out oh my god (laughs) i'm like okay what is annabelle's review on the movie in terms of like is she upset with it overall does she like it or does she just feel like betrayed well let me let me give my book review first and then i can call her in here and put the headphones on her and she can give the world her take that's perfect let's do that yeah okay uh, book, I'm going to go with a four out of five. Um, I was super surprised that I actually enjoyed it. Uh, no offense to Annabelle, but she's led me astray before. Um, uh, looking at Red Queen, Mare mm-hmm. Barrel bullshit. Mm-hmm. If I have time in the future, and this is just if, I might actually read the rest of the series. Really? Yeah. But this is going to be one of those, like, read a couple chapters and then go to something else. Yeah. Yeah. You can do this on the cruise. Because I don't want to be like, Jackie, where are you at with this book that we're supposed to be reading? You're like, I'm reading book three. I'm like, I'll fucking kill you, Jackie. (laughs) No, no. Okay, and here is the lovely Miss Annabelle. Hi, Annabelle. Hi. Hold on, I'm going to walk you through it. So, Annabelle, your mom and I have just talked about uh, School for Good and Evil. We walked through everything. Mm -hmm. We gave our decisions, our final reviews. And your mom Mm -hmm. and I are on opposite sides of this fence she absolutely loved the book i did not hate the book i enjoyed it Mm. but i am a fan of the movie and your mom not so much like to the point where she took her rating from seven down to a three for the Mm -hmm. movie where do you stand i obviously love the book Mm -hmm. and i think it's superior to the movie okay that's fair every way but i don't mind the movie what would you rate the movie out of 10 like a six I think okay. it's not bad on its own, I think. That's fair. Yeah. And you are a lot but, deeper because you've read the whole series, right? Yeah. And I read the first book like four years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. So. I Understood. Yeah. Thank you, Annabelle. We read and we watched so we could let you know what you should do or to not fuck with it. I'm going to stick to watch it. If you are if you are coming into this where you have not read or watched it, I really enjoyed the movie. I think you get the whole gist of the story and it's good. But I would say for the younger audience who is probably not listening to this, but maybe your kids or little siblings or something, I am a full endorser and supporter of reading. And this is definitely a series that I think for a younger reader is worth reading. So I will say for the younger ones, read. For for you, watch. Jackie. I say read. Of course she does. Your own daughter rated it higher than you. I know. See, Annabelle and I are on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. Like we're <laughs> we're like on the same Wikipedia page, but we could be saying opposite things. <laughs> well, Annabelle is capable of separating the movie from the book. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, no, that's fair. I'm not. Okay. Next week, 
we are jumping into another short story because we figured out with our schedule that we need to give ourselves some like breathers and not Mm -hmm. every week can be a 600 page beast Mm -hmm. because it sort of breaks us. (laughs) So we're going to do The Legend of Sleepy Hollow and the 1999 Damn We Are Old adaptation uh, with Johnny Depp and Christina Ricci. So that's what we're going to work on this week. Um, let's go ahead and flip a coin. I will call heads to choose. Jackie will be tails. So let's... We did it right this time. Yes. It is tails. Um, I'll watch first. Okay. I will read yeah. first. Legend of Sleepy Hollow. There we go. Tune in next week. And also don't forget to tune in for a DNF happy hour. We have some special episodes coming up. And then March is going to be all about monsters. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Follow, like, share, review, do all that crazy stuff. Reach out to us on Twitter and all the other social stuff. So, love you. Okay, bye. Bye.